Thursday, June the 17th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Biden-Putin summit bears fruit and the Fed eyes late 2023. First, the world in brief. Presidents Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin agreed to return ambassadors to one another's capitals after a summit in Geneva. Although their meeting lasted less than four hours, it showed signs of a tumultuous relationship settling down. Mr. Putin described the talks as, quote, constructive and said that negotiations would soon begin on replacing New START, a nuclear arms reduction treaty, after it expires in 2026. Mr. Biden said he had raised the issue of human rights and that his agenda was, quote, for the American people, not against Russia. The Federal Reserve, America's central bank, held its target range for interest rates steady at 0 to 0.25%, but said it will probably increase it by the end of 2023 to 0.6%. The hike will come sooner than what the Fed had expected in March, mostly because of a faster pandemic recovery, vaccination uptake and soaring domestic inflation. Pedro Castillo declared victory in Peru's presidential runoff election of last week, holding a lead of just 44,000 over his right-wing opponent, Keiko Fujimori. She has cried electoral fraud with little evidence. Still, her legal challenges could take weeks to resolve. Mr Castillo, a former schoolteacher, is meanwhile trying to allay fears that he is too radical a leftist. Police in Hong Kong arrested the editor-in-chief, the publisher and three other executives at Apple Daily, a feisty pro-democracy newspaper critical of China's government. All are accused of, quote, collusion with foreign forces and endangering national security. Jimmy Lai, the swashbuckling tycoon who founded the tabloid in 1995, is already in prison facing a string of charges. America's Department of Justice filed an antitrust lawsuit to block the merger of two of the world's three largest insurance brokers, Aon and Willis Towers Watson. The DOJ argues that their $30 billion deal struck last year could drive up prices and hamper innovation. Joe Biden had promised tougher competition enforcement from the campaign trail. This is his administration's first large antitrust case. Officials in Moscow announced that all workers in public-facing roles must get fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Infections are soaring in Russia. Companies based in the capital were told to have at least 60% of their employees inoculated by August 15th. So far, less than 10% of the Russian population has received both jabs. China launched three astronauts into orbit to man its new space station. The Shenzhou-12 is to dock at Tianhe later today. The crew's commander said that China's space program had, quote, crystallized the Chinese people's thousand-year dream of flying to the sky and added a, quote, heroic chapter to the history of the Chinese Communist Party, which will celebrate its 100th anniversary on July 1st. And fact of the day. More than 75% of global food crop types, including coffee, cocoa and almonds, are pollinated by animals. And now, here's today's agenda. On the soapbox, Bolsonaro under pressure. 
Since May, Brazilians have been tuning into a Senate investigation into the government's handling of COVID-19 with the rabidity of loyal soap opera fans. Every day, they watch scientists and politicians testify, rooting for their favorite characters. The inquiry's main target is President Jair Bolsonaro, whose disastrous handling of the pandemic resulted in nearly 500,000 deaths. Yesterday's guest star was one of the most dramatic yet. Wilson Witzel, impeached governor of Rio de Janeiro and an ally-turned-opponent of Mr. Bolsonaro, said the president left the states, quote, to the mercy of the disgrace that was coming. He also confirmed claims that the government's plan for the pandemic was passive to await herd immunity. Other deponents had already complained about its promotion of hydroxychloroquine, a medicine that is ineffective against COVID-19. The investigation is unlikely to result in impeachment, but support for Mr. Bolsonaro has dropped to below 30% according to recent polls. The season finale could come in 2022, when the president is up for re-election. Flipping the switch, exchanges to ditch LIBOR The move away from LIBOR, a financial benchmark used by banks around the world to determine the interest rates on debt and derivative contracts, is already underway. In 2012, it emerged that banks had been manipulating it for their own gains. Its daily fixings for four currencies will be discontinued at the end of 2021. But British regulators want to hasten the transition. From today, they are encouraging exchanges for sterling-denominated interest rate derivatives to switch to a different benchmark. This is just one small part of a gargantuan shift. The contracts affected govern just a fraction of sterling interest rate derivatives, and those are dwarfed by the $223 trillion pegged to LIBOR's dollar fixing. Weaning markets off that is tricky. There are several competitors, and many are unsure which to use. American regulators have agreed that dollar LIBOR will not be discontinued until June 2023, but because such large volumes of debt and derivatives will need their contracts changed beforehand, meeting that deadline will require a huge amount of effort. A Parched Planet – Drought and Desertification America's western states have entered their third consecutive decade of drought, The crisis, driven by rising temperatures and shifting weather patterns, raises questions about the future of the region. It is not an isolated problem. In 2020, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, a body which collates scientific opinion, estimated that 178 million people will be vulnerable to water stress, drought and habitat degradation by 2050. Even this depends on global temperatures rising by no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, which is unlikely. Vast tracts of land are already turning into deserts because of poor land management and climate change. Asia and Africa are most at risk. Drought, compounded by poverty and poor governance, has caused big hunger crises in Somalia and Madagascar, with the latter on the brink of famine. Taiwan is undergoing its most serious water shortage in decades. Parts of India have recently endured consecutive years of drought. A thirsty planet will cause millions more to suffer. Hoping for a fall, European inflation 
Today, Eurostat, the European Union's statistics agency, will release its flash estimate for the harmonized index of consumer prices for the euro area. It measures how the prices of consumer goods and services bought, used or paid for by euro area households have changed over time. The European Central Bank, guardians of stable prices, will be watching the result particularly closely. From December 2020 to April 2021, HICP inflation for the area jumped from minus 0.3% to 1.6%, the fastest acceleration in the history of the series. This was mainly because of higher prices for energy, as well as special factors such as an end of the temporary reduction of Germany's value-added tax. Most economists expect the spike in inflation to abate by 2022. This means the ECB should be able to fulfill its main task, maintaining steady prices, by keeping the annual HICP inflation rate below 2% over the medium term. Test Cricket, the World Test Championship Cricket's authorities have long worried that test matches, the games played in all-white kit that last for up to five days, lack context. They are played in a series rather than through knockout tournaments, so it is hard to know which team is the world's best at any given moment. Its devilishly complicated ranking system is of little interest to the general public. The World Test Championship is an attempt to fix this. For two years, teams have been competing to earn spots on a league table. The championship's first-ever final between India and New Zealand begins in England on Friday, in Southampton. India has cricket's most glamorous and well-resourced side. New Zealand ring every drop of talent out of a shallow player pool. They saw off England easily in a warm-up, and in conditions more akin to Christchurch than Kolkata, should probably start as favourites. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Joseph Addison, who died on this day in 1719. Reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.